From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is animal activist Bailey Sargent, wife of transvenger Victoria Maximus. Yay! Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's so great to have you. I think you heard the intro. I think this is a very important conversation. So I really appreciate you being willing to come on and do it and also being willing to adhere to the dress code and wear the purple sweater tonight. <laughs> I know. We're, we're twinsies now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So getting into your story, Bailey, how long have you and Victoria been together? We have been together for 10 years. Uh, we've known each other for 11, but we weren't together for about a year there. And then we started dating in 2010, and then we got married in 2012. Okay. So we just celebrated our eight-year wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. Yeah. So when did Victoria come out to you? Victoria came out to me in the very end of 2017. Like, I think it was mid-November 2017. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's been out officially with me for three years. And then we didn't come out to the public till May. Mm -hmm. Yeah, May. So how far along were you in your relationship at that point? How so we in? had been, by, 20, by the end of 2017, we'd been together for seven years and we'd been married for five. So you guys already had a, a pretty good history then. You already had yes. kind of an established relationship. Um, how did she bring up the topic? She, in 2016, had expressed a desire to wear dresses and to start wearing feminine clothes. And it was something I had a really difficult time with because she was claiming at that point that she was still male, but had just wanted to wear dresses. And that um, like, you know, women can wear, can wear pants. Why can't men wear dresses? Which we both still absolutely agree with if people are there, if people are still, you know, whatever gender they are and they want to wear dresses, that's totally fine. But um, she had been exploring that for about a year. So mm -hmm. I was always questioning for that year, like, what if she's trans? What if she comes out? And then it was, she started going to therapy for um, chronic tension headaches. So she was doing physical therapy and like emotional therapy because stress and everything can really cause a lot of tension in the body. Yeah. And that's where she really felt like she could start exploring and being herself. And so that's when she, at the end of that year, like I knew she was already kind of playing with the name Victoria and playing with, you know, how do I feel about exploring being a woman? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I asked her in November of that year, like kind of point blank, like, okay, I just need to know, like, <laughs> uh -huh. are you trans or are you not? Like, you know, where do you fall? And that's when she like fully came out and told me. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that, yeah. that's really interesting that you were the one essentially to bring up the topic because you saw those, those signs. How was that year yeah. for you? It was very hard because during that year, I still for, I still up until about a month before she came out or maybe two months. For, so for the majority of that year, I still believed that uh, LGBTQ was sinful because that's what I had been taught my entire life. And I was raised in a very conservative church. Mm. And so I was able to say like, you know, men wearing dresses wasn't bad. Cause like I said, like women wear pants. So like kind of, it's a gray area, like in my mind at that point, you know? Okay. But then 
Um, so I, I had a really hard time with it and I was really afraid she was going to come out as trans because I didn't know how I would handle it and I thought it was a sin and I was just like freaking out. And then one day, like, cause I had just been having a really hard time with it, but then I'd been doing a lot of research on YouTube and on different, like, you know, people talking about the Bible and LGBTQ issues, like in a positive way saying like, it's not wrong. It's not sinful. And so then I was praying one day and I, I literally asked God, like, take this away because <laughs> I think she's going to come out as trans because she was like playing with it or not playing with it, but like, you know, exploring like the name Victoria and stuff. And I was I asked God, like, please take it away because I thought it was wrong. Uh-huh. And I didn't I didn't audibly hear God, but I just felt this really strong. What if this is exactly who I created her to be? Like, what if this is just who she is? And that really, like, hit me. And I was like, well, then if that's who she is, then that's who she is. Now the next question is, if that is who she is, do we? Do I stay? Mm-hmm. Like, then she came out. And I had a hard, you know, I still, I cried. And it was still really hard. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just decided the night she came out, it was like, are you going to leave? She asked. And I said, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to leave right now. So I don't know. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. need like time to think and figure it out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was wrong or sinful anymore, but I still felt like hurt and like, you know, a lot of the expectations of what I thought our marriage was going to be felt like it fell through the cracks. And so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so was, was that initial conversation pretty difficult? I mean, what was was that uh, a really emotionally fraught initial conversation when you confronted her yeah. that one time? At the time, I this, this I mean, I'm definitely not a perfect person, and um, at the time, I had a very hard time with it. And even though I decided it wasn't wrong, I still was like, "But I don't want I don't want to go through a transition in my marriage. I don't want to get divorced. I don't want to." I basically like I don't want to deal with all this because it's just like too it felt like too overwhelming and too much you know mm-hmm. and so um I at the time not anymore obviously but at the time it was like I wish she wasn't trans because this is like this is just difficult to transition and to mm-hmm. like for my life to be different like yeah. that but that sounds terrible <laughs> I know that sounds like a really horrible thing and I don't wish that anymore no, but at the yeah. time you know no, it's it's fine. It's something that we all go through. Like, you know, what if what if there was some way to, to fix me or God, I wish I wasn't this way because of what you know, but how it affects the people in my life. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. it, it. It's not it's not unique to you. So don't feel bad about that. Um, one of the things we talked about previously in, in, in our warm up conversation was I think one of the struggles that spouses, significant others have when this conversation begins is they their brain immediately jumps to the end to the end point where mm-hmm. their spouse now is suddenly a female and you know fully all of that um and i think that that's too much too quickly for people how did you avoid that or or fight against that how did you guys work through that that was something i had a really hard time with and i even would tell victoria like i'm just scared and like you know like basically what if tomorrow you wake up and you have total female form and your face is facial feminization and you have like long hair and you have a female voice like it was just it seemed like it was going to be a 180 
and I, it was going to be too quick and I wasn't going to be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. And she, she reminded me something very important, at least in our story is that before she ever wore dresses, I never thought I'd be able to handle her wearing dresses. But then I got to the point where it was like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then, and then during that time, I never thought I'd be able to handle her going by the name Victoria. And then she started going by the name Victoria. And it's like, you eventually, you, you take these steps that you think I'm not going to be able to get up that step. Uh -huh. But then you, you get up the step. <laughs> it's like, you know, walking up the, the staircase one step at a time. You're not just going to go from like the lowest step to the top of the staircase because that's overwhelming. Yeah. But. Yeah, and it, it's funny again how much um, going through this as a spouse parallels what we go through. You know, there, um, I couldn't even conceive of you know, where where I am now, let alone um, believe in that and like have hope for that. One, you know, back when I was just starting and and you know, kind of coming to terms with the fact that I was trans. Um, yeah, this all would have scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's the same thing where it's just steps and, and you get comfortable with each thing and then realize that the next thing is either not that big a deal or something that, that you want. Um, well, and I requested it. I look back on it now and it was wrong, but it honestly did help me. So it's just it's kind of hard. But mm -hmm. I really requested that she went slow. Like and I I feel bad for doing that now because for somebody suffering with gender dysphoria, I don't know what it's like to suffer with gender dysphoria. And so for somebody to suffer with gender dysphoria, to be told like, hey, I want to stay with you, but I need you to go slow for me mm -hmm. is very selfish. <laughs> but um, but she really did go slow and um, it was helpful to me. But I feel like some of it might have been at the expense of her own dysphoria, you know. I think and, there's some uh, there's some truth to that, but I'm going to cut you some more slack here. I think that going <laughs> through all of that with somebody supporting you slower than you would have liked or felt comfortable with is so much better and easier than going through it alone. Um, that's true. One, one of the big fears that we have in being trans is, will someone ever love me? Will I ever, ever find somebody that will love and accept me? So having you in her corner, I think, was so much more valuable than than anything. Um, so yeah, so that's another, another area where you can really definitely give yourself some slack where staying with her was the really significant boost that you gave her that, that was, yeah. that was much bigger than her being able to jump ahead and possibly going back to what I was saying about my own transition. I think having that reason to kind of take it with measured steps slowly and, and, and more methodically thinking through everything might actually help as well. Thank you. That's really sweet of you to say. I, I really hear what you're saying. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's just a kind of a difficult issue because now I wouldn't ever tell her to go slow. Now I'm telling her like, hey, when are you going to set up this mixing that you want to do in this next thing? You know, so. That just shows how far you've, you've both come. And we'll definitely get to more of, of that here, here later. How did you deal with some of that, the actual specific uh, religious things that, that people would say or quote? or that you had in your own head? Well, um, and we still have people that we talk to that still will tell us, you know, Bible verses and stuff. Uh, with Deuteronomy, with that verse, I believe that's um, a verse that talks about basically not cross-dressing, like men shouldn't wear dresses. Mm -hmm. And at that point, how we refuted that was the verses surrounding that verse 
talk about building a fence on your roof so that if you're so that if somebody goes on your roof they're not going to fall off they're going to like be guarded by the fence and not wearing clothes with mixed fabric like it was very specific rules that were set down at that time and i'm not necessarily saying like those rules are right i uh but they're not rules that apply today like we still we wear poly cotton we're not building fences on our roof like there's a lot in that that is indicative more of the time mm-hmm. i guess is what i would say and uh even that i would like if i went back to ancient israel and and somebody was trans and wanting to wear dresses i i would say well you're not a man wanting to wear dresses you're a woman wanting to wear dresses like you're like that's your gender identity you know mm-hmm. what were the things um, as you've moved through and as you had the the initial conversations that Victoria said or did that were really helpful and what um, changes to her approach may have helped you more in those initial conversations? Victoria just really reassured me that she was still the person I fell in love with, that she still had the same humor, which she still does, um, and that she still had the same like love and sensitivity and uh, we still had the same connection and it was just like, I'm still me and I'm just more of a happier me. Uh And when I started seeing that she really was still her, she was just a happier her. It really helped because it's like, well, this person I love is now just happy and they're like being who they are. And they're not like, I don't know, like I said, you know, you kind of imagine when your spouse comes out that they're going to turn out to be a totally different person. Mm-hmm. And maybe with some people they would, because maybe they had been burying so much of who they were. And there definitely is stuff about Victoria that's changed. Like she used to hate the beach and now she likes the beach. She used to, you know, like she used to be so much more guarded with certain things that now she's not so guarded with. But the core of like who she is is the same. Mm-hmm. And that really helped. Yeah, one of the things that I, I feel like she's pretty notorious for in our community here is just is being very bold and kind of F the world like this is me and, and, and you know, just fully accepts, accepts herself and goes forward with what is right for her. Um, how did that affect things? Did that help? Was that too bold for you? No, I loved it. I really love how Uh, because I also care about what people think of me and want everyone to like me and don't want to be like stared at weird, but it just gave me this extra sense of like, like when we were out, even when she was cross-dressing, it was like, you know, people would stare down and I'd look at them like, what are you staring at? Like, (laughs) what what are you looking at? You know? And it just, her having that confidence helped give me some confidence and it helped remind me that it doesn't matter what people think. And that would help kind of bolster confidence and this is like just who we are and you either take it or leave it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh because of victoria's confidence i've had a lot more of a i've had a lot more confidence in like who we are as a couple that i don't think i would have as much of if she didn't have such a like a bold stance Mm -hmm. you know like if she can if she because like you know if you can be at the time when she was presenting as male wearing dresses with like a beard and everything, like if you can do that, then who, who am I like <laughs> to not be able to like do that? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So um, you've kind of talked to, um, about some of these things. Um, I just wondered if there's anything else that we should dive deeper into about what some of your 
were some of your biggest fears when you started having these conversations and the thoughts of that, you know, that that end game where, where she was um, going to be transitioning? You mentioned um, who she was changing. Were, were there any other uh, big fears that that were persistent for you? Uh, I have my biggest fear has always and still a little bit is um, her voice changing. And that's just because I mean, sound for people is like a big thing. Voice for people is a big thing. But also, uh, me and Victoria, we met in person, but we dated long distance for six months. And we talked on the phone for like eight hours a day every day. Uh Um, And so I was so used to her voice, which currently, it's still basically the same as it is now. But I know she wants to, um, you know, change it and like, feminize it in that sense more, you uh-huh. know, like, more generically um, feminine, feminize it. Um, and it's still just a little bit scary. But I but again, it's something like, if me and her are sitting together, and I'm asking her to talk like that to kind of help her practice and everything. It's something I'm starting to get used to. Oh, so that's very true. So, yeah. Yeah. It would be one of those things that's that's gradual enough that you might not even notice it, you know, very overtly. Yeah, the biggest thing overnight change was her breast augmentation because uh-huh. you go from, you know, not having like honkers <laughs> <laughs> to really having like big ones. And that, you know, change is always difficult and it was it was somewhat difficult, but I also like think her breasts are really beautiful and I really like them and without getting too much into <laughs> graphic sexual detail. Yeah. How did it affect your your sexuality or your perception of your own sexuality? Oh, that's been pretty difficult because I I just ever since I was young, I had like I've never considered myself bisexual. I've always been attracted to and dated and liked men, but at the same time when I was younger, I would get sexual attractions for females, but I would never, I I honestly didn't have the desire to have sex with a woman, like another woman or to date another woman. But I would see like, you know, sexy images or stuff on TV. And it was like, oh, that's really like, I like that. But I would freak out when I was a kid because it was like, that's wrong. That's sinful. Don't do that. Well, it's just so (laughs) funny because that's the way our society is. If you look at men's magazines, it's all scantily clad women. If you look yeah. at women's magazines, it's all scantily clad women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But I still found it sexually appealing, but I just never really wanted to have sex with a woman or never like I'm not I'm not saying because of like my religion. I just honestly didn't. And mm-hmm. um so when Victoria came out, it was like, okay, now I can explore this. But it's not like there hasn't been oh gosh, I don't know, like 28 years of conditioning that LGBTQ is wrong in my head, even though I don't believe that anymore. It's not like those thoughts and feelings like don't still pop up. It's kind of like when someone goes through, you know, purity culture, you're told like, don't have sex before marriage, don't have sex outside, don't, don't, don't. And then you shift and you're like, well, I don't think that's wrong anymore. But it's not like that still doesn't like pop up in your head every once in a while. Mm -hmm. You know, I still have to fight like I don't, like I said, I don't believe it's wrong, but it's like I still have to fight that because there's so much conditioning. Uh huh. Well, yeah, and it's yeah. just it's it's new to you. It's it's sort of your chance, you know. Um, you hear about so many girls that 
you know, l like to explore during college or whatever. And like, this is sort of your chance, but still it's a, it's a big change for you. So it's, it's understandable that even at times now you'll still have like some, some trepidations, especially as some of those changes happen quickly, like the breast augmentation or eventually, you know, bottom surgery. Like it's just kind of a, a light switch with those. I really love what we talked about and what you said, um, in our pre-interview about sex and with a, a, a partner who's transitioning do you remember what you said there do you need some prompting uh <laughs> that sex is sex yeah and that it's just like it's literally just learning how to get the other person off and how to get yourself off and it's going to change like and i i think honestly that changes even like if somebody doesn't change in transition that changes in age like you learn like what works and what doesn't work and something used to work and now it doesn't work anymore mm -hmm. and so it's not so much like you know like it's it's just it's all sex and <laughs> it's yeah. all like you know whatever type it is it uh it's just learning how to get the other person off is mm -hmm. that what you're referring to yeah exactly and i think that also segues back into the relationship really well of i mean have you had any kind of perspective i mean this is your one marriage but um in talking with other married friends and stuff like that do you feel that some of the things that you've gone through that you that um have been challenges for you in being with a transgender person really aren't that different than just being in a regular relationship. Like you said, change is, is a part of, of being in a relationship with people. We all, we all evolve in our own ways. We, we, we grow apart or, or in different ways. Um, like mm -hmm. you said, sex changes. Have, have you noticed, um, have you noticed that in your relationship? I, I mean, I'm definitely noticing it now that you brought it up. Like that makes sense is that, uh, yeah, like I, people, people have, their problems, they have miscommunications, they have, you know, what they think might be like, uh, I don't know, like, betrayals, or like, I don't feel like betrayed. But it's not like when someone first comes out to you that you think like, well, how long is this going on that I haven't been told, mm -hmm. um, kind of thing, which that wasn't a thing, because Victoria didn't even come out to herself until she came out to me. But um, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, yeah, like miscommunications and fights. And our relationship is very honestly, like, I know this sounds like cheese, but our relationship since Victoria came out is very honestly, in a lot of ways, better than before. Because we were seriously on the verge of fighting every day, talking about getting divorced, talking oh. about separating. She was miserable. She didn't know why she was miserable. I was miserable because I was because I also struggled with codependency. So I was also like taking on her stuff and I was miserable and we both have anxiety. And so ever <laughs> since her coming out and really us really just kind of being the like you said, the F the world, embracing who we are and not trying to like fit in this box anymore. Mm. We're both much happier and we definitely have like a better relationship. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just that's just what you hope for. And and I, I, I wish so many more spouses would see that that that's that that's what is coming with a transition is your partner, but better, stronger, happier. Well, and it's not like I, I mean, I don't want to fool you. It's not like we were like we overall our relationships been better, but it's not like there haven't been hard days. It's not like there haven't been days where I've cried or had a hard time or would grieve like the loss of expectations. So I don't want to sugarcoat it and make it seem like it just overall, though, we don't really have like the fights anymore that we had before. We we don't talk about divorce like we did before. You know, it's just it's much different in that aspect. But yeah. we still have our we still have our ups and downs like every other couple. 
Oh, so your relationship isn't perfect then. Well, I'm just super disappointed. <laughs> well, I just don't want, I don't want a viewer to see this and think, well, gosh, like my relationship's having a hard day or a hard week. Cause like, like ours definitely has hard days and hard weeks and especially early in the transition, but we just, we also had a lot of really good days. Mm -hmm. So. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's another thing that that's great about, you know, getting closer and, and, and learning more about Victoria and you know some of the transvengers and other people that are prominent in the um, trans community is that we all have those days. We all have our own um, days of dysphoria and feeling down and things like that. And, and, you know, the same thing with the with the relationship, with the relationships like they we're all still human and we all still go through the same crap. So it's not yeah. like everything's perfect for anybody. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so going back to the specifics of the, the transition, were there any steps that, um, you, you know, you, you'd kind of said, let's take it slow. Were there any steps that you, um, pushed back against? I mean, I put, like I said, I've, I've definitely pushed back in the past no longer, but I've definitely pushed back against the idea of her changing her voice. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I, let's see. So I'm not going to say if Victoria has bottom surgery or if she's going to have bottom surgery because every trans person is different and that's not my thing to bring up. But that's definitely been something I've pushed back against. But that's not to say she was necessarily saying she needs it or wants it. But it's like your mind automatically goes there when you hear that like someone is trans. It's automatically like, oh, they're going to have bottom surgery. That's like the first kind of thing that pops up. Mm -hmm. And I remember when she came out, she didn't even have to say anything. And I was like, well, you, well you're not going to like had bottom surgery right like it was like this like scared and, uh -huh. and like i said i'm not gonna like share my answer because that's not mine to share and everybody's different and yeah it's not yeah so <laughs> but that's definitely something i push back against because it's mm. just like it's one of those scary like things but mm. again sex yeah. is sex and is sex. and you know i'm not asking you these questions any of these questions at all tonight to put you on the spot or to um to grill you in any way or you know and there's definitely no suggestion of of right or wrong i'm what i'm what we're doing in this conversation is to sh is to really normalize everything your fears are normal and and how you got through them is just a really interesting and unique thing and it's great to to get that out there so I just want to put that yeah. ca caveat in Oh, there. yeah. No, I wasn't trying to be defensive against you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I just, no. Kind, I just wanted I just to address was trying that. to clarify that my answer to that question of being afraid of bottom surgery doesn't necessarily give away if bottom surgery has or will happen or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Again, that's a, a really private thing. But, it, but you know, just, again, exactly what you were saying about you don't want to portray that your relationship is this perfect thing. It's also important to, to say that even though your relationship is so great, that you still do have these fears and you do push back mm -hmm. at times. So if for other people watching, if their transition, if their their spouse, there's some tension on some things, totally normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very normal. Um, I mean, in the very beginning, like the very first day, I was just worried about kind of any transition because every transition seemed big. Every transition seemed like, OK, we need to take that slow or I don't know how I feel about that or um, just every transition because change is scary. You mm -hmm. know, yeah, period. Going out of your your immediate situation, how did your friends and family react? And how did you kind of come out? You mentioned coming out to, to the larger world together. How did that all go? When we came, when I, we came out via Instagram, basically. Like I put like, a, I still have it on my Instagram. It's like our first post of her actually coming out. I went to work, I think that day or the next day. I had so many people at work come up to me and tell me how 
like strong we are and how awesome like what we're doing is. Um, I had some friends that were like very confused. Uh, I've definitely lost some friends through this mm. uh, that were never really, honestly, must have never really been good enough friends to begin with if they're going to like leave me over this. Um, my family, most of my family has is still very, very supportive, but they definitely were confused. They definitely, like my mom is extremely supportive, loves Victoria so much. But at first she was like, I don't understand. And I, you know, I showed her like a documentary, Gender Revolution, like a journey with Katie Couric. Mm -hmm. um, and she really started to understand, like, but she was very, like, she was still loving, but she was also very confused. And, uh, but then there's been other family members that uh, we just aren't in contact with anymore, really, mm -hmm. because they're just not respectful and they don't, they don't call Victoria Victoria or her name or her pronouns or anything. And so we just have distanced ourselves from them, obviously. Yeah. And aren't in contact with them anymore, which is really a shame and really sad. And it's hard because like, you know, they're, they're like people that you cared about and stuff. So it's really, it really sucks to lose people for such a dumb reason. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it really sucks to lose people, but yeah. we've definitely lost our fair share of people. How did that affect you? Um, the, the perspective of friends and family and just sort of the outside community, you know, we've talked about the one side of how Victoria's strength and that kind of message from God um, kind of helped to bolster your feelings internally, but how did the external forces affect how you felt? Oh, I, I hated it. I cried so much. I felt very like, rejected and very like, you know, I don't understand why these people, I also at the time I was like, not like anything is like Victoria's fault, but at the time it was like, why are they like, why are they banning us? And like, why are they like mad at me? I'm just being like supportive and like, <laughs> you know, like kind of like what, but like Victoria also didn't do anything. So that was like kind of a weird way of thinking, but that, that is what I genuinely thought at the time. Uh, I've gotten a lot more because we have that whole, like you said, that whole confident kind of F the world. It's not like we don't hurt, but we, I definitely have more of a, okay, well, you want to leave? Bye. Like, <laughs> uh -huh. see you later. Like I'm, I can get on without you. And it has, it's been through a lot of tears, mm -hmm. but it's also been like, well, I'm not going to leave Victoria. So you're either going to be my friend or you're not. Yeah. And you're either going to, and I, I've had to stand up to friends who, I've had to say, like, hey, like, you're invited to our birthday, but when you come over, like, you need to call Victoria, Victoria, and female pronouns. And then they were like, well, you can't censor me. And I was like, well, <laughs> then you can't come to my party. And I guess we're not friends anymore. Like, <laughs> if you can't respect mm -hmm. her name and pronouns, like, I guess you're choosing to leave. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's another thing we try and hit here pretty often is that the people that that choose to leave, you know, um, we we tend to always to look at things through the lens of the loss that we have in our life, the friends we lose, all that kind of stuff. But you got to remember what they're losing and how awesome yeah. you are and and your relationship. So that's great. Well, and we've gained we, like it. It really has put a line in the sand of like who's your friend and who's not your friend. And I would much rather have a lot. I don't want to have like a wishy washy gray friend i want to have like a lot like are you my friend or are you not my friend like maybe we're acquaintance friends but like are you basically on my side or not on my side mm -hmm. if you're not on my side then i'll see you later like bye 
-hmm. But um, it's really like we've also like gained like you and like Mika and all the Transvengers and uh, Hannah and Mimi. Like we've gained a lot of really wonderful friends. Mm -hmm. And And um, then friendships that we had before have gotten even stronger because they like are in our corner. Nice. So, Bailey, what's it been for you to be brought into this trans community? Like, you know, not only to be part of it, but Victoria is kind of a prominent person in it. And through Nostalgia Read and some of the things you're doing, I think you've got a lot of prominence. You get a lot of love from the trans community. Uh, what's that been like to, to be part of this new whole thing that like, you know, yeah, as, truthfully, you thought was wrong uh, early on in your life? I know. Um, I think it's been really wonderful. I feel I know I'm not like, I definitely feel like I fit in. But since I'm not transgender, I try to like be part of the community but also just like not i don't know i don't know how to describe it i i really like being part of the community i um i love doing this algerita we have so much fun doing that <laughs> and i really like i've had a lot of people reach out to me with questions uh, about like they're going through this with their spouse or um or they are trans and they want to come out to their spouse. And I feel like I've really helped people a lot, which I really like because I really want to help people mm -hmm. um, be able to like get through something and get to the other side, whatever that looks like for them. So um, I really, I really like being part of the community. I'm really proud of Victoria because she really has like built up, like she's just so confident and she's so like great in mm -hmm. the community, you know, and I'm just really proud of her. That's awesome. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be like, I mean, I would like, you know, still like stuff and still follow people, but I wouldn't be like known. I'm only really like known because of her, <laughs> which, which is nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you're, you, you're riding the coattails, but that's what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. That, I'm great. riding the coattails. I never thought I'd, I, I came to California to be an actress and I thought people oh. would ride my coattails, but you know, uh -huh. <laughs> I'm still on the coat. So. <laughs> yeah. The code's still involved in your situation, so it's good. Yeah. Um, so what have you learned about yourself and Victoria through all this? That we're very strong. That we, um, because like even, because it's just like, I, like I've said, like I keep saying, change is very hard. And there are a lot of people who, for whatever reason, like wouldn't stay, wouldn't even try, wouldn't, you know, they just, they kind of go to what's comfortable. And me and Victoria are very like, like we're in it till the end. We're in it for the long haul, and we're we're really like like strong team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really, like I said before, she came out. It was like I don't know if we're gonna make it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if I'm very strong or if she's very strong. If we're just gonna go to whatever is like comfortable, but we've really. Um, been i guess the saying would be like refined through fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so. and definitely the uh what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right yeah <laughs> no yeah work. and so uh very strong i've also learned that um i mean even though i was raised very very conservatively i've i've always had like inklings of feeling progressive thoughts like thinking like you know i did ask my mom when i was a kid like do you really think LGBTQ people are going to hell? And my mom was like, I don't know, but I mean, that's what the church tells us, but I don't fully know. And I think we should just love people. And um, so I've, it's not like 
like progressive like love and um, acceptance hasn't always been there but it just uh -huh. was kind of like buried and now it's like really coming to the surface and I'm really becoming more of like an activist for for LGBT rights and for animals and for all different things like I, I'm kind of standing up on my soapbox and saying no more <laughs> uh -huh. well that's wonderful <laughs> you, know? you you did at least have that from your upbringing you know that that your your mom saw the 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 weird juxtaposition of you should love everybody everybody is is god's children and well except except those and and these people and those ones it's like mm -hmm. no it's it does say all <laughs> yeah no it definitely says all and I think my mom and dad, because my mom had, when I was growing up, and she still does, like, she had friends that were uh, gay, and she didn't, to my recollection, even though she was taught by the church that it was a sin, she didn't convey that to them, and she kind of was of the mind, well, well, if it is a sin, then that's their thing. That's not my thing to, like, tell them or to do it. Like, I'm, I'm here to love them and mm -hmm. to, like, be there for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, I know she like is different now in that she doesn't think it's wrong or sinful anymore. But even at that point, it was always like a, well, we're just going to love them anyway. And mm -hmm. that's their thing to deal with. That's like between them and God kind of thing. Yeah. Is there anything you miss about the way things were before that uh, were, were particularly hard to grieve or move on from? Uh, the expectations, the, you know, uh, I always throughout my whole life, I want to have a husband. I want to have a father to my children. I want to be the quote, you know, the, the woman in the relationship kind of thing and have the partner be like the protector and the provider, um, kind of, you know, <laughs> 1950s uh <-huh>. thought. <laughs> but, uh, and so that was kind of hard to deal with is that, and also, um, I've just never been in a relationship with somebody who's a woman. So I've never known what it's like to both be like, cause I'm a, pretty feminine person as well. I like wearing dresses, not all the time, not as much as Victoria, <laughs> but I definitely like, you know, dressing pretty and being like, you know, what the society would call feminine. Um, and so it's kind of hard to share that and feel like people are going to like, now they're going to look at me. I mean, not anymore, but like, it was hard to be like, oh, are people going to look at me and think that I'm the, like the more masculine one in the relationship? Cause I still do like, wear athletic clothes and, you mm. know, like, don't always dress like super pretty. So that was kind of something that was, that kind of plagued my mind a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Tori chimes in, uh, my chest hair is, is the thing that, that, that you would oh, miss the most. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that now. <laughs> it's been so long. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, uh, that's funny that I forgot about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I remember being like, oh no, now the chest hair is going to be gone. Now the, now the chin strap is going to be gone. And Did you like your guys hairy in the past? You like um, kind of twirling your, your fingers in the chest not hair? Not super like hairy, no. but it just was a very, like I had gotten so like used to it with Victoria. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was always fine when I like dated other people, if they weren't like really hairy or if they, you know, what they call like manscape where they like shave but i just got so used to it with victoria like for five years she had chest hair mm -hmm. you know and she had leg hair and she had like i got so used to that mm. that it's just like oh no that's going away and my you know my dad always had like a more hairy chest so it's like yeah i'm like used to like men having hairy chests kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah i think so. that, that fits back into sort of the, the expectations whether it's it's over whether it's conscious or not 
Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, I got um, I got extremely lucky somehow. I have no chest hair, and it uh, just yeah. I don't know. I was I was predisposed, luckily, um, and I have w- one back hair. Just just share that. <laughs> no, we're getting to just two, one. Two, just the one. Okay, okay, come to our house and we'll pluck it for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a drive for one pluck, but um, but yeah, next time we'll next make time it I'm, worth your while. <laughs> ne- yeah, next time I'm down there, I'll definitely swing by for the for the the, the pluck. Okay. <laughs> what are the most important things a trans person should remember in coming out to their partner? Uh, you're not alone. There are people all over the world that come out to their partner and there are partnerships that remain. Um, That was one of the biggest things for me as I thought I was totally alone. No partner stayed with another partner. Like, how am I going to be able to do it? Mm -hmm. Um, But no, you're, you're not alone. And uh, you are doing something like for the person that's trans, like you are doing something that's integral to who you are. And, um, if the spouse and also, and then for the spouse to, I would say, again, you're not alone. <laughs> uh, you're not the only person in the world who's had this like revelation. And it, it honestly, uh, it's your partner being who they are. It doesn't have any, it doesn't have any indication of like you as a spouse, not like it's wrong, but you know, it just, it has no indication of who you are as a spouse that your partner's trans. They just are, they're beautiful and they're trans and they're, being who they are finally and mm-hmm. to I would say to the to the spouse to take it slow to if one day you decide I'm gonna support my spouse by like you know being supportive to them but I can't stay in the marriage if you decide that one day then fine you decide that one day but you don't need to decide it like the day that you're told or the week that you're told just take it one day at a time you might find that you have some like repressed sexual desires or, you know, like that um, things like, you know, feelings develop or like you might find that you have a better relationship than you ever thought you would have. So honestly, just to take it slow mm-hmm. um, for the for the spouse, not I'm not telling the trans person to take it slow on their coming out, but I'm telling the spouse Literally, just take it one day at a time. If you decide to leave, you still have that decision, and you're not a bad person if you decide you can't stay in the marriage. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to decide that right now. That's like such a big decision, especially if like you're married or if you're living together. Mm-hmm. If you have like a really long partnership, that's such a big decision, and it doesn't need to be made overnight. Go to go to therapy, see how you feel, really process through things before you make such a big like life altering decision. Yeah, I think that's that's super key. And that's, again, going back to what we talked about before about that, that you hear transgender and you think all the way to the end and and mm-hmm. you know, worst case, I mean, it sucks to say this, I, I apologize to everybody, but you know, the, your brain goes to worst case scenario of what your perspective perspective is. So like, that's mm-hmm. the worst thing that could happen. And so you go all the way there instead of thinking, the steps the, the the how gradual it is how you can grow and you know change together well and and you also think am i going to be strong enough to handle this change am i going to be strong enough to come out to family and i'm am i going to be strong enough but like you don't have to do all that stuff all at once you like i said you just, just take it one day at a time and like you'll find you might find that you're a lot stronger than you think you are and that you're able to really like process through change and uh, the biggest piece of advice I would give to anyone who's trans or any spouse is to um, 
go to therapy. It doesn't necessarily have to be couples therapy. It can be individual therapy because I think it can be really important to really kind of process through your emotions. I, I loved another thing that, you, that we talked about in the pre-interview that we sort of glossed over there um, was how much it helped you to see examples of other successful couples. Oh, that helped so much. I, I cried. That helped so much to see other, because like I said, I thought I was alone. I was like, I was like, I know people like, you know, spouses come out to their spouse as like gay and then they divorce and stuff, but I've never heard of somebody coming out as trans and they stay like that mm. doesn't happen. And I thought I was so alone and uh, that I was like the only person in the world that ever has gone through this. And then I saw so many examples of spouses who stayed and they made it work and they made it beautiful and they like love each other and they've like blossomed into something new. And that just gave me like a lot of hope for um, like, okay, like I can do this, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And you said that, that Tori provided some of those examples that she showed you some of that stuff too, right? Yeah, no, that was very helpful because mm -hmm. she knew, she knew I was having a hard time feeling alone. And, um, she, you know, we've, we've always had a very open communication, uh, relationship. And so I, even if it was hurtful to her, there was definitely times I was like, I'm having such a hard time and I'm sorry. And I know it's not your fault. And like, I just would like have a hard time. And she was very understanding and loving in so many ways, um, which I really appreciate. Uh, but uh, she definitely showed me like, see, this couple stayed and see this couple stayed. And it really gave me a lot of like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yeah, yeah it, it, it's so that. interesting to, to think about how just just purely that example, like it doesn't have to parallel yours too much or whatever, just that example that it, it is possible it is out there. You're not alone. Right. You won't be a, a social pariah. You won't be the only one out here on this on this ledge. Um, it, it's funny to see how important that really is. And a really good resource that uh, I found very helpful and I think would be very helpful to the trans and the supportive spouse community is there's a Reddit page called my partner is trans. It's literally just my partner is trans. And then everybody on the page is in a relationship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's like, you know, just a dating relationship, whatever, where their partner is trans and they're like, they basically, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, not everybody, but a lot of times it's, they were dating and then they're, or they were married and their partner came out. But sometimes it's like, Oh, I'm, you know, dating trans women and, or trans men and non-binary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you feel are uh, the keys to maintaining a su successful relationship through transition for both people involved? Communication. I think, I mean, I just think communication is key in any relationship. I know that that sounds so cheesy and cliche, but <laughs> um, just really communicating where you're at and, you know, like, I, I told Victoria when she first came out to me, I was like, have you been lying to me this whole time? Like, you know, just really getting all these like thoughts and fears and putting them out to uh -huh. her. And she was able to answer. And that kind of gives somebody peace, you know, when you're able to really communicate with each other. Um, so c communication, um, understanding and trying to trying to always put yourself in the other person's shoes. So like for the spouse, trying to put yourself in the shoes of your partner who has, you know, always been trans and is just finally coming out, how scared they are. And for the trans, for somebody who's trans, like trying to put yourself in the position of being the spouse who's getting this giant like revelation for their relationship. So really trying to be like empathetic and communicative. Mm -hmm. Deciding when to come out. 
I mean, you first have to realize that you're trans and luckily the way it worked with Victoria exploring this, she was, she was coming to the, to grips as you were, you got there at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times it's something that, that we ruminate on and we research on our own and, you know, we fight against it so much, but we come to it on our own. I almost wonder how important it is to try and have that conversation as early as possible um, to to try and avoid some of that. Like, oh, you've been hiding this from me for you know x amount of time, um, or you know, if it's if it's if it's more important to kind of wait. I mean, it, I guess the thing is, is it depends on your story, depends on what kind of network you have, what kind of friends you have behind you to support you getting that revelation kind of in small bites, like I'm, I'm looking into this or I'm exploring this or, and I don't quite know what it means, or I might think I might be this, like kind of getting it in small bites can be very helpful for mm. this, for the spouse and for, you know, the potential of the relationship and they won't feel so, yeah you know, uh, blindsided, I guess would be the word for it. But yeah. yeah, it's like everyone's story and I can't tell someone that they're wrong for deciding to like hold it back or, one way to, to think about doing it might be to say, um, you, to, to say with your spouse, you know, I've been, I've been um, feeling really kind of bad about myself and I've been having these, these feelings and fighting with this thing inside and I'm kind of doing some research and it sounds like gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, yeah. that, if that's an easy way to, like you said, to kind of do it in, in, in small bite-sized chunks that, that aren't just this whole big on the, yeah. on the desk as the camera shakes uh, kind of thing. You just drop <laughs> uh, this big bomb. I think it's probably easier for most people. Everybody's different, but I think it's probably easier for most people to kind of be able to ride it with you and try to figure it out with you um, or try to prepare them. Because like I said, I was prepared for like a year that she might come out at any point because she had been cross-dressing. And, and in my mind, it's like, well... Like, mm -hmm. If she wants to cross dress, she probably is trans, but like, I don't know what that means. And I don't, you know, mm -hmm. so I had definitely been preparing. <laughs> and then for those two months where she was like testing it out, you know, like a name and testing out different things, like that's definitely like preparing. So the revelation was still hard, but it was easier. Okay. But that's, that's our story. Mm -hmm. Everyone's different. Yeah. Again, I didn't, I didn't really want to, um, I kind of felt like as we were kind of diving into that question and that that thought there that you know you, you just really can't do too much of that because everybody's story is different but i also kind of want to pick through in some of these conversations maybe some at least some ideas to try um mm -hmm. and some things to keep in mind when you're deciding when and how to come out to your spouse i think that's yeah. what i was trying to get get at Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for sharing all of the, the deep stuff about your relationship and um just doing what you can to help the community. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed being on and getting to talk about things and help people. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse. And be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse.